Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. suspended potentially indefinitely as Britain starts to get to grips with a worldwide medical crisis that will change our lives significantly for the foreseeable future. Only at Charlton could that just be the most the second most interesting thing that's happened this week. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live, coming to you live from my kitchen. Uh, we've had a change of location uh, this week. A lot of things are going to be changing uh, in, society, in society and in, uh, in football uh, for, for Charlton fans and for fans of all clubs over the, 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 the next few months. So we, we've decided to try something a bit different uh, this week. We took our equipment home on Thursday. Uh, after the show that never was, brought it back to uh, my kitchen. So that's where we're coming to you live from uh, this evening. I hope you're hearing us uh, loud and clear from Sunny Sid's Cup. Uh, joining me here in my kitchen uh, over on my left-hand side is uh, Mr. Benji Cloak. How you doing, Ben? Yes, good. Thank you, Louis. Yeah, had a good week? Yeah, a weird week, but <laughs> not, not bad. Yeah, and also sitting uh, opposite me currently, Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, good. Yeah. Bit of a crazy week, isn't it? Yeah, a bit of an odd one. Uh, yeah. Well, myself and Tom were... 
uh, witnesses to one of the most bizarre things we've ever seen in our Charlton supporting lives on that Thursday evening at the Valley. We're going to give you some more details about what we saw then. Um, we're also waiting for Nathan to get here. He's, he's been out having a curry with his, gra- with his dad. Uh, and he's going to turn up late, but he will be here uh, later on in the show as well to discuss what has been another absolutely baffling week uh, in SE7 where the the owner, uh, owner is that the right word to use, the majority shareholder of ESI, Tanun Namir, and the chairman slash CEO, Matt Southall, have had the most public of public falling outs. Uh, it's left the future of the club in real jeopardy, if we're being honest, um, a real confusion. Uh, it, we've, we've seen some outbursts on social media. We saw an evening on Thursday, the likes of which I've never seen in my entire life, which included uh, club representation or club uh, staff doing all they can to try and force the chairman out of the club uh, under the uh, advice of the majority shareholder. Uh, police were called to that situation. It was a it was an evening that I've never the likes of which I've never seen before and the likes of which I hope I never have to see again uh, in the future of our football club, uh, which, as I say, is probably in jeopardy. We're going to hear uh, some, some comments from Lee Bowyer later on during the show as well. He gave us his thoughts on Thursday. So, as you can imagine, slightly out of date. And now, um, but he did give his thoughts on the situation on Thursday. I also spoke to Richard Wiseman um, from the Supporters Trust to find out their thoughts. And the Supporters Trust, of course, have called on Matt Southall to resign. I mean, Matt Southall's current position is still, I mean, I, th- I think it's fair to say it's probably up in the air. I mean, I know he's been told he's banned from the premises, from the Valley. That's sort of what happened on Thursday. I understand he was, he was handed some sort of paperwork a few hours after he left the Valley on Thursday evening. But... I haven't seen anything on the club website to confirm that. It would appear there still seems to be legal wrangling behind the scenes. So I don't think we can go as far as saying that he is banned. I can I can say he's been told he's banned, but that's that seems to be the crazy situation we're in. We're under a transfer embargo. That's what we found out this week. Uh, Tanun Namir has failed to um, satisfy the EFL's test when it comes to source and sufficiency of his funding. So far, that's what the EFL have told us. I think Tanoon or his lawyers have sort of implied they thought they had achieved that or at least given some paperwork over. So that's something else that's up in the air at the moment. There's a lot that's up in the air at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm, what I want to do just to try and get everyone up to date with where we are is I'm going to go through a list of everything that's happened this week. And when I was sat there writing that this afternoon... I'd been there for so long and I got to a point where I was like, oh my God, I've just about finished Tuesday. Like, There's still two more days to go. Um, so I'm going to go through that in a sec. But j- just before we do, I think let- let's bring in some of the other members of the show then, Tom. Uh, I mean, you were there on Thursday. Uh, we were there to do the podcast, which obviously never happened because of the events that were unfolding at the Valley. When I turned up at the Valley on Thursday, it became clear that something was about to go down big style. Um, I think there was a hope that it would only last about 15 minutes and we'd be able to witness and then get out of there and get on the show. Obviously, that ended up in a bit of a standoff. Uh, As we mentioned, the police were called. Eventually, uh, Matt Southall left the building, uh, security and and, and police left the building at the same time. Um, So that's why we didn't go on on Thursday. So we haven't really had a chance to discuss everything that's happened since then. I mean, what are your, your general overriding feelings at the moment, Tom? I mean, where do yeah, you even start? I don't know where I start. It's been an absolute roller coaster. Um, and we're going to go through, obviously, the events of the week. But my thoughts on Monday night was on Tuesday, am I going to have a club to support? But things have obviously progressed a little bit. And Thursday was just something I just never thought I'd see. And obviously, we've had a few crazy days down at the Valley over the past few seasons with protests and games being stopped and stuff. But all of those things have taken place in the context of a football match. So at least there are some familiarities. There are players on the pitch, there are fans in the stands. It's a normal football match. 
and something comes in which is a little bit different, like throwing beach balls on the pitch or whatever. But getting there for the show, there was nothing usual about seeing that, about seeing someone supposedly being handed notice that he was not welcome anymore, people wanting to get rid of him and him just refusing to leave. And it was just a, a crazy turn of events. And like you say, we thought, oh, well, it'll be half an hour. We think then he'll be gone and then that'll be that. We can get on with the show. And the longer it went on, the, the weirder it became. And as you say, police turned up and eventually he leaves. And obviously I would imagine every listener will have seen a video that you, you put out after when he, he walked out of the club. And as you say, he gets in his car and drives off and the the situation isn't really any clearer. I was, I was thinking about it after. That's actually the first time I've spoken face-to-face with Matt. <laughs> I think I've talked to him a couple of times, but and uh, I think our chances of getting him on Charlton have probably slim. gone downhill a little bit now. Just a touch. <laughs> um, ben, I mean, obviously you were sort of watching from afar on Thursday, but we've all been sort of had the same level of access in terms of seeing this stuff that's been put on social media throughout the week. And no, no matter what happens in the future, I mean, I don't. There aren't many clubs I know that the the majority shareholder, the chairman, the people who seem to be running it are having a spat like this in public on social media, and I, I can't think anyone is sitting there looking at that from afar and thinking, yeah, that 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 that's the Charlton I know and love. That's this is not the Charlton from fifteen twenty years ago that used to be the model club. I mean, this is the last five or six years have been absolutely bizarre at this club. And I honestly think that it's getting worse. I, I know a lot of people under Roland felt that, I mean, there was serious danger for the future of the club at the moment. And I, I don't think that, uh, you know, I don't think that changed when, when Roland was here. I still think that was the case because there was some bizarre stuff going on. But th- this last week suggests to me that things have got worse. Yeah, I think this is the worst I've ever felt being a Charlton fan. The security as a fan, <clears throat> as Tom's just said, feeling like you might not even have a club to support. Um I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. We used to be the model club. Every other like newly promoted Premier League side used to say, do you know what, we're going to try and do a chart and a flag. They're so like, secure in what they do. They're so regiment. They've like, kept the same manager for years, blah, blah, blah. And we've had some bad days under Roland. Um, but at least Roland said, do you know what, I, I, I pay your wages still. I pay your wages. Southall come out and said, oh, the money run out in December. Blimey, as fans, what are we expecting to see? We've got so many loan players. We've got so many players running out of contract in the summer. As fans, there's no security there. And that's what we're striving for. And we heard Southall's interviews in January uh, coming out and saying what he was going to do in the windows, uh, long-term views. And we were, oh, yeah, brilliant. This is what we want to hear. This is what we've been wanting to hear. But... Like, it's gutting, it's heart-wrenching to see what has happened in this past week. Surprising, I guess a little bit surprising, but I guess some fans look and go, do you know what, I saw the writing was on the wall in January because we never signed anyone, we only got loans and I didn't see any confirmation that the board really wanted to go places. A January transfer window is hard, isn't it? We all know that. Um, but there was nothing there like for us to rely on. And and yeah, now the whole football world's having a laugh at us, really, mm. wouldn't they? It's, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? That it's almost going to go under under the radar a little bit now because of what else is happening in in this country and in the world with the the virus. That means that the football stopped now. And in a weird way, I mean, personally, you know, I go to work all, all week, and even with the news that's been going on with, with the virus over the last few weeks, and you can feel it creeping up. I was I still was looking forward to going to Hull just because it's a a distraction and whereas Thursday night was a distraction as well with the football gone that's that's going to be a whole different kettle of fish in a different way for a lot of people as well so 
it's going to be really strange coming up and the the worries we have about the club are probably going to be put to one side I imagine over the the course of the next few weeks but at the same time for now let's concentrate on this one absolute cluster and then we'll worry about the impending whatever's coming next uh, over the course of the next few weeks. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will be interested to know what's going to happen with the show as well. And I'm not in a position to give anyone a, a clear-cut answer. I imagine this will be the last live show we do for a while. Um, as I mentioned at the top, it's coming from my kitchen currently. Uh, we took the stuff home on Thursday purely because we d- no one knows what's going to happen in terms of when places are going to become shut, when people are going to be asked to stay within the houses. I thought it would be useful to have the equipment here. Also, obviously, there was other stuff going on on Thursday at the club that made us suddenly think maybe it's a good idea if we stay away from the valley for a while just in case we asked to, we get asked to not, not be there. Although I don't think that, there's, no, there's no, no indication that would have been the case, but just in case. So uh, in terms of the show over the next few weeks, I imagine this will be our last live one. I can't imagine we'll be doing two shows a week with no game, but I'll, I'll try and get something out maybe weekly uh, if we record it remotely amongst ourselves, if I can get interesting people on the phone to do chats as well. But we'll we'll, we'll discuss what's going to happen over the course of the few, uh, the next few months uh, as and when it happens. And I mean, towards the end of this, this evening's show, people will be wondering, you know, where, where do we say, see it going for football? Because we were nine games away from the end of the championship season. There's a lot to be talked about there as well. And we'll hear people's suggestions and talk about that sort of stuff later on in the show as well. But now, as, as I promised, I, I want to try and take you through how I saw the week happening. Now, as I'm sure you can imagine, there's a lot going around at the moment. There's people, there. there's a lot of briefing going out uh, against certain people from both sides of, of this situation. Um, anyone who's on social media would have seen some fans sharing information they've been given and I know exactly where that information would have come from. Um, we're going to be careful about what we say because accusations, obviously, legally are quite difficult to tread around. Um, but we'll, we'll see what we can say um, and I'll try and explain what, how I've seen this week going. So Monday night, I was here in my house. I was enjoying watching the telly. Um, all of a sudden, Instagram pops up. Uh, Tanun Nimir, uh, the majority shareholder, put a, a, quite a, a bit of a muddled <laughs> Instagram message. As, as to be fair with him, they always were. His English, his written English wasn't the best. Um, it said the, uh, He put up a, a picture of the badge saying, the club has been misused from all suit guys. I'm stomping back and I can't carry on this on. Good luck. Uh, and then before commenting to fans, things such as I am out of this, you need to carry on uh, with your chairman. Now, this obviously caused a lot of confusion. There was a lot of alarm bells ringing. Then uh, Tanu Nimir sent this. And I'm going to play you this now. This is a clip uh, of a voice message that he sent to a fan on Instagram on Monday evening. Your chairman had raped the club with his team. I'm not happy to give my money to the people to rape this money. The club, guys, and they take all the money for them to leave a nice bread, to get the Range Rovers, and to use the money for the pitches. You should, you should ask Matt Southwell. Guys, he cheat you. He take all the money which I put in the club and it has been gone for his lifestyle. <laughs> right, so the, the crux of that is he appears to be accusing Matt Southwell of, or, or people of, of, of uh, taking money that was meant for the club and spending it on... Now, what, I know a lot of people seem to think he says bread. He says, not, I think he's saying a nice flat. For some, somehow he makes that sound like bread, but I think he's saying a nice flat. He mentions cars... And then he adds something that sounds like something and I don't even know what that could refer to or what that meant or if it even sounds like what we thought it sounded like. So we've got to be careful there. But I mean, Tom, when you're hearing 
that sort of stuff. And the cars rang a bell because we've known about these mm. these these Range Rovers. We've seen them outside the valley when we go to do our shows. Um, my initial reaction was, why have we spent this amount of money on on Range Rovers and not on players? That was a, a bit of confusion. Mm. Obviously, as as the week's gone on, well, we're learning more and more. But I mean, when, when you when you, when you're seeing this kicking off and and Matt, and and on Instagram, Southall. Uh, to noon appearing to say that basically he's going to be withdrawing his funding. I mean, that's when that's when I was like, tomorrow morning we don't have a club then. I wasn't by that point because I don't think I fully understood who had put what money in or who had that much ownership of the club. Obviously, I knew that he was the majority shareholder and his funding was behind it. When I saw he was pulling out the club, I thought, okay, that's a bit strange. And then started to check on Twitter and then obviously this this voice note comes through and because it... The way it comes across is quite funny. And because Charlton fans picked up on that, there was quite a lot of sort of gallus humour among fans at that point on Monday. So if I take myself back to exactly that point where I was reading it, I was a bit like, what the hell's going on? But also kind of finding it a bit farcical, I guess. Um, and then as the evening went on, it then got to the point where I was still in bed at, I don't know, half 12, one o'clock in the morning, refreshing my Twitter feed. And when the statement started to come out on the website, which I'm sure you'll come to, and when I started to read more around that, that was at the point where I was like, if this is serious and he's really taking his money out, we're, as far as I could tell, the club was then broke. And that was when I was suddenly like, whatever this is, if this doesn't get sorted, where do Charlton go? Do Charlton even exist anymore? I think that was the, the tweet I put out at some point was, who are we? Is Is the club even around anymore? So... Yeah, it went from a point of being a little bit funny, like you say, because he's got that broken English on the Instagram post and some of the words are not the right words, like he said, stooping or stomping or something like oh, that. And you laugh and then he talks about the Range Rovers and the whatever and you laugh. But underlying it was a very serious issue. But at the same time, at that point in the week, uh, I think you could probably argue the same now. You weren't really sure who the bad guy was, if there was a bad guy. All you knew was he was calling someone out for doing something. And and as I say, the club was just sat in the middle of something that was kind of being passed around between them. Yeah. So Southall then uh, DMs. I think it was Millie, uh, the young the young blogger, uh, saying there would be a statement at eleven, which was then shared on Twitter. So everyone's getting ready for this statement. Tanoon tidied up his Instagram message, uh, and then saying that he discovered and it, it dis- discovered the club and its financial resources had been exploited in a wrong and immoral manner, uh, and that he'd f- uh, withdrawn from the purchase. That now that, that was when I started. Yeah, to now worry. now you're thinking right, we're yeah. in big uh, big trouble here because Matt Southall I mean he's never there's absolutely no indication whatsoever that Matt Southall is a wealthy man who could I don't think that's ever been accepted as a case I think it was 18 months ago uh, he was I, I, I think it was something along the lines of there was a disagreement between him and a lawyer that he hadn't played, uh, paid and he it was reported that he said because he, he was out of employment, he couldn't afford to pay this lawyer. This lawyer pops up again later on in the week. Before he tidied that post up as well, there was a lot of chat that the post was fake. And so at that point, I was like, well, let's wait and see. But when mm-hmm. he tidied it up and you thought, right, he's gone in there to clarify it, mm-hmm. that was at the point. I mean, I we've, like, been, right. we've been through this before when stuff has gone up, when Roland stuff went up on the website and people were assuming it was fake. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember when that happened. I knew, I knew at the time it was real, but this, this one, it was a bit confusing until we heard hmm. the, the voice note. Now, this, so, so this statement went out from uh, Matt Southall on the, on the club Twitter and website, saying that Tanun had sent a damaging letter and made allegations uh, about Southall's conduct that his lawyers had, had immediately sort of uh, rebutted. Uh, he, he claimed that Tanun had put no money into the club whatsoever, uh, and then he hinted that only Matt Southall. And Jonathan Heller had passed the owners and directors test, which then made you believe that Tanun hadn't. Although 
I think the ownership and director's test is sort of split into a few yeah. parts and under the impression that he has part, passed that test uh, to noon, but he hasn't passed a different part. Um, he also uh, said that he hinted that he felt some something in Tanoon's letter about using the phrase disadvantageous contracts. He, he made out that that related to Lee Bowyer. So he tried to make out, it sounds like, that Tanoon Namir was against uh, Lee Bowyer. Tanoon uh, uh, then carried on on Instagram saying the chairman wants to spend uh, my, my money on his flat uh, and his lifestyle. So there we are. That's that's Monday, okay? 20 minutes into the show. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday morning, the club then put out a statement on the club website implying that Tanun Namir had resigned as director. So that seemed to back up what had been put on Instagram on Monday night. But then not long after, Tanun issued his own statement on Instagram that says it denies he had, also reveals the club are under a transfer embargo, uh, talks again about the misuse of funding, then said he will withhold his funding until Southall is removed. As the day goes on, Chris Parks, a long-serving club secretary, is suspended. Uh, Rick Everett reporting uh, that it was uh, because he had basically spoken to the EFL uh, on Tanu Nimmer's behalf, according to Rick. Um, the, uh, then an EFL statement comes out, this is still Tuesday, talking about the unhelpful media comments uh, coming out of Charlton Athletic, confirms that the source and sufficiency of the funding uh, has not been confirmed for the takeover, and therefore we are in an embargo. Now, now people are saying, if we've been under a transfer embargo, what was all that on transfer deadline day from Matt Southall on Twitter? I mean, what 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 on earth was he was he playing at? Yeah, that's the thing that's gutting to know. With Roland, we felt like we've been treated like fools, and we're believing this guy, trusting this guy, really looking forward to transfer deadline day, seeing these tweets come in, going, "Oh, do you know what? Who are we going to bring in?" Seeing oh, I've got my super duper phone and all of this stuff for us to just bring in loans who look one guy smith unfortunately for him he hasn't even been you like what one sub appearance yeah so so a transfer deadline day that was built up a lot on social media by the end of it was nothing so so i think i think we're still on tuesday jamie o'hara randomly got involved um made a comment on his twitter page which is now deleted uh saying uh, said that he's seeing people scrambling to delete any evidence of a lavish lifestyle says there will be a few cheap range rovers going around in southeast london and he also used the hashtag cfc without naming any names but he did use the hashtag cfc so clearly some sort of uh history it would appear between jamie and matt according to what some people are putting on on instagram as well so i'm not entirely sure why but there we go now now all of a sudden a list has has appeared on social media, and I'm sure I'm not the only, like lots of people got sent it. Um, now, how how would you describe this list? It, it's a list of alleged sums of money that the club had paid, uh, which included thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pounds of consultancy fees uh, to the likes of Matt Southall, uh, to Charlton fan Lee Amis, who was uh, described as a consultant, I think, in this takeover, he's been knocking about... Broker, yeah, he? I don't know how you describe it, but he's also, I understand, uh, had, had a Range Rover as well, had use of one of these Range Rovers. A, a man called Jacko Van Seventer, if I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, Jonathan Heller and John Hurst. So it, it, this list shows an, an insane amount of consultancy payments going out of the club. Um payments for these cars credit card expenses hotels and the substantial rent which at the time i didn't pick up at all of twelve and a half thousand pounds i didn't pick that up whatsoever now how how would you describe that list i'd say it's been around long enough now to have been denied and certainly when i've asked questions of certain people how it could be 
justified there was no it didn't happen there was a justification that was sent my way rather than it didn't happen so that appears to be where we are with that list um it's also way too accurate to i mean someone's made that up they've done well um so where are we now i think we i think that's still wednesday possibly wednesday Wednesday evening i'm sat here at this very table enjoying my dinner and uh tanun namir posts uh, letting agreement on Instagram of, of a flat in the club's name that is being charged to the club at £12,500 per month, which is an incredible amount of money, um, inc- and including the, the address. And he says, if you want to find Matt Southall and ask how many players are on £3,000 per week, which is, of course, what that £12,500 uh, rent <laughs> equates to, you can find him at this address. So Tanuna has then posted Matt Southall's address on Instagram, on on Instagram, which which obviously he shouldn't have done, you know, it, it resulted in at least one fan going to there because, uh, and we know that because he put it on Facebook, um, which again probably shouldn't have happened, but it happened, and that's likely to happen uh, in, in this situation. Um, I mean, it, it, this this drama just kept going on and on. Chris Farnell was uh, Tanun Namir's lawyer who previously worked with Southall, and you know, we brought, brought him up earlier. Went on Talksport on uh, where are we now Wednesday morning saying that Chris, that Matt Southall is refusing auditors the chance to look at the club accounts. Uh, the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust had a meeting with Southall. Um, they said in their statement that the very future of the club is in jeopardy. Now we're on to Thursday morning, and now Thursday was probably the most re- remarkable day of it all, especially now when you consider it started off with a statement that, it, that implied that the club and the board give their full back into Matt Southall and that no one should take Tanun Namir's comments as official club statements. Now, I quite quickly was uh, surprised to see that club that implied the club when, when you see something that says the board has the back of Matt Southall well, who is the board it was Matt Southall basically maybe maybe uh, uh, was it Heller because whatever obviously Namir is not even there yeah. when it said the club had the back of the Southall I mean I know for a fact because I speak to people who work at that club every day that they didn't so that was a bizarre statement to see coming out as well now, you think, now you're thinking the PR's gone into overdrive Tom yeah and it was uh by that point, as I say, a lot of this week has been, well, as Charlton fans, look, the only thing we care about is the club. Who's at fault here and what are they doing to the club? Because that's what we need to identify and they need to be got rid of. And with everything that happened over those couple of days where that statement came out, obviously the minutes of the trust meeting were published and you take them at face value, it comes across all right. But then the trust put out their statement saying, we've got no faith in Matt Southall and wanting removed. Obviously... Um, unprofessional would be one way of putting Tanoon's actions over that period in terms of posting the um the flat and stuff but he firmly with the what expenses or whatever we're calling that other piece that he put out with all the costs he's very much saying this is all in Matt, Matt Southall's door um as I say the trust backs that up Southall presumably or the club put out that statement where Southall basically says I think Southall's the right man to run the club and at that point, it was very. It had turned from from Monday at the very start of Monday when Tanoon says I'm dropping out, and people were unclear as to why. Fully, um, suddenly by Thursday morning, mm. it was very much right. Matt, Matt, something's up with Matt Southall here, and go, that needs to be taken care. Going of. Going back to Monday, I mean, when Tanoon's announced he was pulling out, and Southall put this. I mean, obviously put put the statement on the website mm. where there's clear arguments between yeah. the, the two. But he's sort of implying that the club will look to continue to run day to day. And all I could sit there thinking was, Matt Southall is n- no position to run this club day to day. And how, yeah. how can he come in and say that he's going to do that? Matt Southall, without the money from Tanun Namir, is absolutely nothing. He's a nobody. Mm. I mean, we all, uh, when, when this takeover was first announced back in, what, November? Obviously, the, the intention for it, for it to go through. 
you know, we're not stupid. Those of us who, who had to, we, we started digging and... I mean, the writing's paint a good the, picture, does it? The writing's been on the wall for a while, but the, the, the long and short of it is, Matt Southall, without the money from Tanun Namir, is not going to run this club. So how he could go around and obviously he needs to find new investment or whatever. But I mean, that that ship has sailed now after what else has come out this week. If it's the statement putting out about how they're going to try and continue to run the, the club day to day with Southall here, I mean, it, it didn't make any sense, Ben. Well, no, <clears throat> as the trust Riley said. Roland used to say, oh, I'm sure like buyers are going to come. How long did we wait for that? If Southall thinks that people are going to invest like that quickly, it's not going to happen. Mm. And as you said, Namir, he, in those press conferences, as Southall said, he said a lot of the time that this is who Tanoon is. These are the businesses that Tanoon has. This is how much money that he's put in, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be here for the long haul. He was reassuring us in those press conferences the person who Tanoon is. And now to say, oh, don't worry, guys, I've got a club now. I'm going to run it till December. It's so disheartening for us because we're like, how? Because mm. before you said you couldn't without Tanoon. Mm. So, right, so let, let's continue going through Thursday now then. So we're coming to the end of this list at least, thank God. <laughs> uh, so he, he's put out a statement again. So... so so Tanoon's been on TalkBot as well I should add that so Chris Farnell went on Wednesday I think Tanoon was on Thursday Um, fair play to TalkSport they've given us a lot of air time yeah 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 I haven't needed to not much else going on nowadays Uh, (laughs) and throughout Thursday a lot of briefing going on against against Tanoon Namir you you would have seen stuff as as I said earlier you would have seen stuff turning up on Twitter um, stuff that people tried to put through myself um, through, I'm sure, other people who you would certainly describe as a, a really, rep, you know, a really reputable um, source of information that didn't get out because we're not mugs, basically. Then they try a few, a few slightly lower hanging fruit. People who are happy to put out anything unchallenged because they feel important because someone sent it to them, and all this stuff starts turning up on on Twitter, hitting back, biting back, you know, trying to change the story. Still, we're not seeing any justification, okay? All we're seeing here is people trying to say, well, actually, he's as bad as us, which I don't think could be considered justification. I think it shows you exactly the characters and the situation that we're dealing with here. Um, so there was a lot of briefing going out. Was it then that we found out about the transfer embargo as well? The, uh, the, the embargo we had from the EFL. So we, we, had, okay. we, we knew about the, the, the transfer embargo. Oh, yeah. Carl Robinson yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Carl, yeah, yeah. Carl Robinson. Carl was on talk was like Matt Holland. Past, yeah. Said he's best mates for everyone, but they've never replied back to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Um, Nimir then puts on his Instagram. Uh, this might have been the Wednesday. I've lost track now. But basically, Nimir put on his Instagram. I think this was a Thursday. The stuff with uh, Jamie O'Hara that appeared to show that a letter. Th- that was Thursday. Yeah, it was. Uh, appeared to show a letter that implied that Matt Southall was going after Jamie O'Hara legally for what he said on Twitter. Uh, Thursday afternoon, Card are back because why wouldn't Card be back at this point? They need to change their name, obviously. But Card are back to try and prevent Matt Southall from turning up to the game, which obviously now is not going to happen on Tuesday. Then it's Thursday evening, right? So we're in this situation. Thursday evening, I'm on the way to the Valley to do a show. Okay, and that is my only intention. I go to the Valley every Thursday evening to do Charlton Live. I was probably going to walk through pretty much the list that we've seen already uh, this evening. When I turned up the Valley, and I won't say how, it became quite clear that something was about to go down. Okay, so I was in the car park. I looked into the 
director's box or into the uh, the boardroom, which you can see from the car park. I could see Matt Southall in there with the finance guy who we called finance guy for the <laughs> all night, all night McHugh or something like that. He's called. Um, and I was say I was uh, I was understood that maybe I should stay in the car park because something's about to go down. And there's quite a few videos I haven't even released yet, but it was quite dramatic. There was four, three or four cars all of a sudden swept into the car park. And out popped, and I'm not I'm not breaking any confidences here because everyone knows the names that are on Twitter. Uh, out popped uh, Tracy Leeburn, the club uh, player liaison officer. Out popped Mick Everett, who's the uh, was he the head of sort of security, security. yeah, head of security or whatever, whatever the correct term is for there. Out popped uh, John Little, who's part of the former. Uh, for, used to work at the club, but works for security firms. There was another security guy in the car. Was Chris Farnell, Tanoon's lawyer. Um, Ollie Groom, the club journalist, was downstairs ready for this. Uh, they all went up into the boardroom, and my understanding at the time was they were there to serve papers to tell Matt Southall that he was no longer welcome at the Valley. This was from um, Tanoon's lawyer uh, to, to tell us, basically, that Matt Southall was... Uh, what they were going for was suspended. Now, whether that's actually happened or not, I don't know. So they wanted to suspend Matt Southall. Now, I was under the impression this would take about five minutes, which is why I didn't tweet at six o'clock the show was cancelled. I only tweeted at 20 to seven that the show was going to be cancelled. What then proceeded to happen was Matt Southall decided he didn't want to leave. He wasn't going to leave without a fight. And if you want to say that legally or physically, I don't know what the correct term for that, but he certainly wasn't going to leave without a fight. Um, we, were, we were told by people involved in the situation what was going on upstairs. Uh, the police were called. They turned up maybe maybe about half an hour, 40 minutes into it. About uh, two sort of plainclothes police officers came in. They went to talk to the people involved to find out what the situation was. Um, still, there was very little movement in terms of anyone going downstairs. I could see Matt Southall on his phone the entire time. Uh, Jonathan Heller, the director, then walked in as well. He was in there, sat down. Um, then further police were called and we were, we were told oh, a police inspector's come in. A marked police car turned up at the valley. They went in. Uh, there was a discussion to be had there. Uh, and eventually, I, I looked at the timings of everything I saw. It took two hours while I was stood in the freezing car park, taking as many photos as possible. You could see in my photos that um, members of the club staff appeared to be challenging Matt Southall, telling him, oh, Nathan's here, <laughs> telling, him, uh, telling him he has to leave. Uh, eventually, once the police had gone in, Southall was advised to leave. He did leave. Um, and then I tried to ask some questions of Matt. Uh, and for anyone who missed it, this is uh, this is what happened uh, when Matt Southall left. Matt, can you tell us what's happened tonight, please? Do you have a message for the Charlton fans? What's the future of their club? Are you still part of this club, Matt? Have you a message for Tanine? So as you can hear, Matt Southall decided he didn't want to answer any of my questions. Um, at that stage, I mean, a lot, a, a lot had gone on that evening. It was, it was a stress, it was a stressful evening. Don't think this was just people going in there and having a conversation. There were tears. There were people very upset with what was going on that evening. Um, there were people ringing people. I know that for a fact. That people's phones started ringing when they shouldn't have been. Let's put it that way. People who shouldn't be getting involved in this, trying to well, what they were trying to achieve by ringing people who work for the club, I don't know, but they shouldn't have been doing that, should they? Um, and eventually Matt Southall left, and as we say, he didn't answer any of my questions. Now, I went to speak to uh, the, the lawyer, Chris Farnell, and it's very much, well, we can't, he was very much, there'll be a statement later. You know, I, I said, what's the current situation? There'll be a statement later. We sort of hung around for about another 10 minutes, and we're like, 
let's get out of here, let's go home. Everything's a bit up in the air at the moment. Now, my understanding is later on in the early hours of Friday morning, Matt Southall was served with some sort of paper that tells him he's banned from the premises. Now, the reason I'm saying he's told he's banned from the premises and not he is banned from the premises because I don't know where that's landed legally. So as far as I know, the situation currently is he's been told he's not to go to the premises. I don't believe he turned up anywhere on Friday uh, and I'm not sure what happens now in terms of that. Now, just before we welcome Nathan to the show, I'll just quickly go through what happened on Friday because something quite funny happened. Uh, Tanoon confirmed that a Twitter account had been set up in his name uh, and referred to Matt Saffle as a lanky egghead. Uh, wasn't him. Uh, there was a statement then from the heads of departments within the club to assure them, uh, that, to say they are assured by the commitment from Tanoon Namir. Um, and then some more unsavoury stuff was going on. There was an account that claimed to be a friend of Matt Southall and this person turned up in photographs with Matt Southall in the uh, uh, director's box of games previously. That was quite clearly leaking emails from people like Tracy Lieburn. Um, now, how they get how he gets hold of that, I mean, you can make your own assumptions on that, but the fact that there's now appears to be some sort of targeted, I'd call it harassment on a member of club staff, says all you need to know about the people that are involved in this absolute circus is... Charlton Athletic. Um, I was trying to think what else is out there. So the Love Sports Show. Um, there's a there's a podcast to the Love Sport guys do. We used to do it back in the day. There's a, there's a new lot doing it now. Good good group of lads. But they had someone calling in their show, and I know exactly who Stuart from Blackleaf is now because he turned up at the Valley on Thursday and admitted to to it him. Yeah. <laughs> But they had to pull the show because Stuart from Blackheath was using was making accusations that can't stand up in court why on earth they got on the show in the first place but this is what I was saying you've got to be careful with what people are sending you okay because there is a lot of briefing going on against each each side at the moment and Stuart from Black Eve probably has shared that quite a lot themselves on Twitter you've got to be very careful because you're, you're opening yourself wide up there to all sorts of accusations um, let's welcome Nathan to the show Nathan uh, how was your curry? oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I decided to yeah it was alright um yeah, watching my old man try this Naga chilli one was quite exciting, to be fair. But I come here as soon as I could, my new range out the front. It's all there, all in its glory. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, that's no, good. So, so, good to sum up, so to sum up, it's been an absolute disaster of a week in terms of Charlton. Um, a lot's up in the air at the moment. There's been some real unsavoury stuff from both sides. Uh, there's been targeted harassment of uh, people who work at the club. Uh, there's been people releasing people's addresses that they shouldn't have. There's been people going around fan- someone's house that they shouldn't have. Basically, no one's come out of this week looking good, have they? No, it's. Uh, I mean, last week it just seemed one thing after another. You think it couldn't get any worse or there couldn't be anything else that comes out. Um, and yeah, it did. It did, didn't it, really? But uh, it was a bit surreal because it was like it was turning to a bit of a, a soap opera. And I mean, it's not nice what, watching all the stuff that we've had in recent years and you're having some more stuff come out now which is obviously never never great so um but it's just in if anything really this break now at least we've got no football so they can try and concentrate on getting things in order um however that is but yeah just what you were saying earlier i think a lot of things been banded around on twitter and stuff and it's true what they say don't believe everything mm. you read because people do seem to pretend they're in the know and make stuff up which is with a legal case you don't want to like you say leave yourself open to things mm. but yeah it's been a bit of a fast but we never do it any any smooth way mm. do we at Cholton so yeah. um, 
but yeah, it's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. So of course, um, tonight's show is, as always, is going to be opened up to, to comment from yourselves. Then um, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive, or you can head over to the Charlton Life forum. Uh, there's a thread on there for this evening's show. Um, yeah, there's a few comments. Uh, Killer and Flash saying that live from Louis's kitchen, and then. Uh, imagining that Amy's going to come in soon and says how long are you going to be I need to cook dinner and who are these weirdos anyway (laughs) (laughs) she's looking confused (laughs) I'm still waiting for Solly the cat to walk in as well she hasn't done that yet but um, uh, oh in fact oh oh, no she's gone to get some food so if she comes into the the studio into the kitchen later on uh, we'll we'll let you know but I think before we uh, go any further I mean you guys probably want to hear from someone who's a bit more involved uh, with Charlton Athletic Football Club than we are. So let's hear from Lee Bowyer. Now, these quotes were from Thursday. I was planning on using them on Thursday evening's show. Uh, obviously, we've got slightly sidetracked there. So some of the quotes refer to... Impl- this was before the games were cancelled. So you'll hear some of the quotes that Lee Bowyer mentions implies that there, there was still football expected to be played this Saturday. Uh, but Bowyer was asked on, uh, on, on Thursday uh, how this has affected him and his players uh, and the mood around the club. Well, to be fair, Tuesday was really the the day when the chairman came in and and had a meeting with everybody. And yesterday we was off, so we've not really had time to speak. Um, after this will be the the time that that I have to speak to the players and and, and pick them up. So. Like I said, the timing is wrong. It's it's wrong for us as a club to to have all this negativity at a stage like this in the season. It's 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 difficult. What can you tell us about Tuesday's meeting? Can you confirm that the players, the staff, were told that there might be issues regarding getting paid beyond December? Yes, that's that's exactly what happened. Um, Everybody to do with the training ground was in the meeting. And the chairman stood there and explained the situation. He opened the floor for questions, and, and players and staff. Obviously, one of the main topics were when will we stop getting paid? And the chairman said December is likely when the money will run out. Um, so that didn't go down well, as, as you can imagine. Um, then you've got players that are contracted to here for next season and, and they're going to be concerned about their future. So, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a very good meeting, but fair play to the chairman. He, he came in and, and he fronted it and, and he told everyone the situation that we're in now. What about your future? Does any part of you now want to walk away from this? No, because I could have done that in January. Um, I had a decision to make whether to sign my contract or, or to walk away. And everybody knows what the club means to me. So I knew what situation the club was in. I knew we was under an embargo at, at that time. And, and I... I decided to stay and, and fight for the club and not leave when the club's in this situation that, that, that it was in. So uh, I could have easily have walked away. A lot of people would have said that would have been the right thing to do. But I believe in, in this club. I love the club. I've got a good, honest bunch of lads. 
good staff around me and, and, and fans that, that try as hard as the players. So for me to walk away then in January when the club is in, a, in the state that it was would have been wrong of me. I, I, we've all worked so hard. That's everyone to do the football club to get us to where we are now. So to walk away would, would, have, been the, would have been the wrong thing. And I, I'm not a quitter, I'm a fighter. And um, if there is a club that can come out of this, this is the club. It's been backed into a corner many, many times. And the club know how to to fight and, and, and to get over the line, if you like. Regarding the valley years ago, everybody fought to keep the valley and to get back to the valley. And, and last season, in the time that I've been here, no one tipped us for promotion and we fought for that and got that. And uh, this season, we're in this predicament now and now we, this is the time when we all have to pull together and we know how to do that. We've done it many a time. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers there. And it's John. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got so welcome back this is Charlton Live coming to you live from my kitchen uh, on your Sunday evening we're discussing the absolute disaster that is Charlton Athletic Football Club uh, this week we just heard there the uh, thoughts of Lee Bowyer um, I mean he's never one to hold back Tom is he and and he hasn't in this case he's expressed his massive disappointment with the situation we find ourselves in I mean there's there's been others Lyle Taylor sort of uh, being a bit sly on Instagram but you know making it clear that he's not happy with a uh, with a few things Um I mean, Matt and Tanoon, between the two of them, have come in, and, well, probably more Matt, I guess, have sold Lee Bowyer a dream and they've not delivered whatsoever. Now, Bowyer, I mean, he's he's long, he's long, a lot more respected in the game. He can say what he wants. There's nothing really Matt can do about it. And he's game. made it quite clear that yeah, that he can he can say what he wants in this situation. He's upset. And he, clearly, he knew about the, the transfer embargo that no one else was told about in, in January. I mean... I'm shocked that he's managed to stay. 
And I'm so grateful that he decided to stay because if it was me, I would have walked away a long time ago. Grateful is the word I was just about to use. I think we're going to look back on all this, however it works out, and think we're very lucky to have someone like Lee Bowyer in charge and not just because of what he does on the pitch, but the way he handles himself off it as well is pretty exemplary for a, for a young manager like that and for someone who's had his history within the game, shall we say, and we know what a, a hothead he was as a player, um, both on and off the pitch at that stage of his career, but he's, he's handled this very well. Um, he is in quite a decent position because he's obviously on a three-year contract and if he's going to, you know, he doesn't need to choose to walk away from it and if they choose to get rid of him, then uh, they're going to have to pay him some money. So he's in a position where, you know, he can't say whatever he wants because legally he can't, but he can be firm with them and the truth is that, as you say, his main responsibility is now is keeping us up. We'll wait and see what happens with the rest of the league, but as he understood it on Thursday, his main job was to get enough points in those nine games to stay up and there's two men up the top fighting over a, a football club and not helping him in any way and just making the situation 10 times worse. So I think he was completely right to say what he said. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd gone even further, but he's been classy, he's been dignified, you know, and as Charlton fans, all you want to hear is you want to hear that your manager's prepared to stay and it will see, as I say, see what happens with this season now. But he's not walking away from this and, and that's great to see because... The two up the top, whoever you're siding with, and I think it's pretty clear which one, if you are going to pick one, you have to go with now. Neither of them are showing an ounce of leadership. They're squabbling like schoolchildren, and you need someone who's you actually can rely on in that point. I always felt like, under the Roland years, while Jacko was still playing, every time he came on, you thought, well, at least there's someone there that's a bit chanting when you've got, I don't know, Bob Peters or Carol Fry on the side and all these random foreign players that have just come in for a, you know, a month loan. At least Jacko was still around, and... I feel like with Boya, there's that same connection still. And um, yeah, he's not going to be able to do much with what's happening off the pitch, apart from Voice's opinion, but he's been very clear where he stands on it. And as we said on Thursday night, uh, at the end of that, really, now it's it's over to the lawyers to sort all that out. But Boya now, and I'm sure we'll come on to the current situation, has just got to work on how he keeps his players fit, what he can and can't do with them, and make sure that if the season does pick back up at some point, that they're ready to go. Because on the pitch we're still a football club that's what the business is and it relies on results so we've hopefully still got a massive nine games to come yeah I mean uh, the comments made were before the the whole the whole world has changed the whole football world has changed in the last few days Nathan there's there's no football at the moment it's a bizarre situation to be in but the, the talk conversation was about players who know that, well, we were they were told that we'd run out of money in December now there's all sorts of different dates that I've been told and it's going to change again if we ain't getting gate money from games anytime soon. But, I mean, as a player, and we'll, we'll try and cover the complications with the season being extended if that's going to be the case later on. But as a player, if you if you don't know if you're going to get paid much longer, I mean, what does that? how does that affect your mentality? Tom Lockyer said he'll, 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 it's almost like an up, up yours, we're going to do even better to show you how good we are, mm. that we deserve better. But surely some it will affect them in a bad way yeah of course it will I mean even if uh, a lot of people will be like oh footballers get paid X, Y, Z this that and the other but they still have mortgages they still have families they have to provide for and I mean if it comes to the summer and and, and nothing's resolved you know there's going to be some players who will probably sit there and think well if I'm only going to be nothing's set in stone so come December am I not going to get paid you know like I said they've still got bills to pay it's not you know we're not paying people hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds a week so so yeah that's going to be a problem if if it's not resolved there's no stability there and 
um, and players are left to think of their future, which again, then you're back at square one again, where we're probably going to have about three players that turn up for training, or you, even if you look at the, the situation with Bolton, um, and we, you know, we've got Aussie from Bolton when you know he, he sort of wanted to move because he was in that sort of predicament as well. Um, but yeah, of course it's going to be unsettling, but for the meantime, they've still got this, they're all professionals and they'll still give their all and, until the end of the season and beyond, I'm sure. But there's there's going to raise question marks, just like any single one of us. You know, if we're told that you're working somewhere but we can only pay you until a certain amount of time, you ain't going to go, well, I'll risk it. You're going to look for another job. Everyone would. Um, so yeah, it's not, not ideal. But like I said earlier, with these couple of weeks, hopefully something can sort itself out. And have, if it turns out that, you know, Tanoon carries it forward, he's got a, he's got a lot of mess to sort out, hasn't he? Um, so uh, yeah, it's been inter- interesting how it pans out. But mm. I mean, so with the, the question mark over the amount of money that's left in the club, it does imply that some of the spending that's so far gone on on Range Rovers, on an incredibly expensive London flat, the sort of, sort of decadence that a average championship club could probably do without really you know we're not why are we bowling around pretending to be Man City why are we spending this sort of money on, on a lifestyle when when we currently don't have secured funding I mean it, it's baffling isn't it yeah what confuses me is Matt Southall again said that oh I don't stay in that flat that much I, my my house is actually in Manchester and any of the staff can stay there well, if you're not staying, well, why buy it? Why buy it anyway? Much? Even it if it's just being sense. used as like a, you know, as they claim, sort of like a, a premises for club, club staff for anyone to use at any point. Why does it have to be that expensive? I mean, mm. it, it smacks of someone trying to live a life that they don't have, someone trying to imply that they've got money that they don't have, and and doing it on our on our dollar, which is a horrendous situation because now you have to assume it's tied the club down for two years to something that's going to cost them 300 grand when they can't afford to, you know, appear to pay players or, or sign players. We're not in a position to sign players anyway. So it was, uh, it was absolutely baffling. Now, the accusations that have gone around about, like we say, Matt Southall, uh, Lee Amos, um, about this, this money that's been spent on, the Range Rovers, for example. Again, can you, can you see any justification for that? Absolutely none. No, um... The, the only thing I could think they might try and justify is presumably part of their remit and their role is to try and drum up more finance for the club, more investors. And if that's the case, perhaps they want to, you know, it's the old David Brent line about what does a struggling salesman do? He turns up in a bigger car. If they want to be able to go to a meeting with a financer and come across as credible, they want to turn up in a Range Rover. They don't want to turn up in some knackered old car. So... That might be how they see it, but no, absolutely not. There's there's no justification as far as I can see because you should be living within your means. And I don't know if Tanoon signed off on it. If he did, I don't know if he knew what he was signing off for. I, I don't know exactly how that's come across, but they knew what the what financial situation the club was in. They knew that there was this 50 million bill due in June, presumably for the training ground and the, the valley, and they're choosing to blow that kind of money on a car. Like, Again, as you just said, it, it strikes me of someone who desires that lifestyle, has never managed to get it and has now been handed a blank check and said, you know, go and do what you want. And if you get away with it, you get away with it. And to me, that's how it comes across. And, and if that's the truth, then, you know, I'm glad that the people on, on Thursday did what they did to try and get him out of the club because that's not someone 
that ever will fit around a club like Charlton. And it's one of those things we've said time and time again, when people like that come across and try and misuse the club, that they're messing with the wrong club because we've done it time and time again in terms of protecting our club. And it looks like we're trying to have to do it again. Yeah, now Tom's brought up an excellent point there about messing with the wrong club. Um, about people protecting their club. And now, I, I, in fact, I mean, this is how crazy this week's been. I don't think we even mentioned during our, our catch-up that on Thursday evening, uh, Tracy Lieburn... I, well, the, there was slight confusion over whether Tracy was told she was sacked or not because we don't think she was in the room at the exact point the uh, the finger started pointing at people and telling them they were sacked. But that's pretty much how it went. But Ollie Green was sacked, was told he was sacked. Mick Everett was told he was sacked. Chris Parks, we know, was suspended for a day uh, before coming back. Um, the, the treatment of loyal club staff over the course of this week has been an absolute disgrace um, and implies that someone, you know, Matt Southall in this case, was floundering, um, was do, being desperately trying to cling on to his place within the club and he didn't care who he harmed and who was in his way as he did that. And it was outrageous that these people who were doing the best to defend their club were, were fired or suspended and especially what we saw on Thursday evening I mean I'll never forget what I saw Mick and Ollie and Tracy go into that room to do because they were doing it with the best interest of Charlton Athletic at heart and I'm sure every Charlton fan will be so grateful for what they did that night yeah exactly I think you wouldn't you wouldn't expect anyone to do that to any employee but those you can't just walk up to someone and say, say you're fired. Fired. Yeah, you have to do some and paperwork I think exactly and then with the, the people who's done it to is just astounding because like you say they've gone through so much they've done so much for the club um, but not only that I mean when you know Matt came in and gave the old PR spiel about you know how he knows the club and this that and the other well if he knew the club then he would have known those people have done a lot and been really loyal and then just to treat them like that because I don't know, for me, if you're going to start doing that, it's, you've got a bit of an ego problem for me. Um, just going around going, yeah, you're sacked or whatever he said. Um, but yeah, and I mean, you can't do it. And I just think it was really disrespectful. And it, again, it's, it's for me, it just he's got caught out. He didn't like it. He didn't really like because he probably thought he was Billy Big Balls. And then like, <laughs> like you know, what I mean? and that's the thing. It's like you can't do it. And for me, that was massive, especially I've got that people language like... in my kitchen, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, when obviously because I weren't obviously I weren't there. Obviously, I caught up with it, and it was just ma- it was madness. And um, but obviously, it's been rebuffed now, isn't it, or whatever it's been withdrawn? Because mm. I don't know the legalities of it, but just mental, really. But hey, mm. at least they're, they're still there, and they've done done a massive job. And they'll continue to do a great job, all of them. So. I mean, Tom mentioned earlier about picking sides. I guess it's, it's a tough one, really, because I think I think we've seen Matt's true colours now. And I don't think there's any way back for him at this club in terms of the supporters. I mean, clearly, I think he's going to try legally to find out if there's a, a way back for him within this club. I think. I'll be, you know, that may change, but that's the way I see it happening currently. With Tanoon, I mean, he's not exactly covered himself in glory this week, if we're being honest, and there's still plenty, plenty of question marks. If the EFL were saying they haven't received his uh, source and sufficiency funding paperwork, then obviously that's something that needs to be proved. And I don't know if currently we're very much looking at the lesser of two evils. Is that the case it is? I mean, maybe our best hope really is that Tanoon somehow gets, gets hold of the club and then quickly sells it on to someone who's not going to air their grievances over Instagram. I mean, surely we could probably do a bit better than what we've been served up with in this last week. 
Yeah, I think this isn't a personal vendetta against Matt Southall, but what we've heard this week just doesn't sound good. And we've not had much defence in that regard. We've just heard lies, really. Like, well, I've, I've, you've got to be careful saying that, but you, you, sorry, you, feel, you, you feel like... You you feel like things that were happening wasn't quite how, just, how they were. I guess presented. when I say lies, I mean in the January transfer window we were told like here we go blah blah blah, and it just didn't happen. And as I say in, in the press conference he gave with Lee Bowyer, and then we were all hyped up. I guess we were all think oh here we go, clubs going in the right direction. We just all feel so disappointed as fans. It's it's heart wrenching to see all that stuff happening. And I think Catrien struggled to see what kind of bond fans have with their club. And it's the same happening again now. Does Matt Southall not see what we as fans are experiencing? Because we're seeing our club literally, as, as Tom said earlier, we're like, has our club got a future? Are we going to survive the week? Um, and again, it's not a personal vendetta against him. It's... it's What's happened this week has not has not looked good, and he's promised us a lot. And at the moment, it seems to have have come apart. And as you said, do we trust Anu now? Well, do we? Actions speak louder than words. A lot of his stuff this week has been worse. Now we need to see that in action. Are we going to see that? Well, at the moment, I don't know what's going to happen because we've heard a lot of words, but nothing's happened. And it's deteriorated a lot. Mm. I mean, the, the the fact that the it was the EFL who have having confirmed that we, they haven't seen the source and and the sufficiency of the funds. So, does that? I mean, that doesn't fill you with confidence, does it? Because we, I mean, we don't know why that is. And I, 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 there seems to be some claim from the lawyer that there, there's paperwork in in the offing, or they thought they had in, they had sent it. So, I mean, that needs to be sorted this week yeah. for, for me to retain any any hope that this isn't going to fall apart further has to and I don't know the intricacies of the fit and proper or their owners and directors tests or whatever it is but the fact that they seem to be able to pass part of the test without showing source of funds when source of funds is like the most basic AML like anti-money laundering check you do for any purchase like if you try and buy a house the first thing you have to do is tell them where the money's coming from and how much money there is it, like loads of people said on Twitter, anyone can go in the bank statement that has 50 million in the bank, but they still need to know where that money comes from as well. So the fact that they were able to pass a part of that test to say, yeah, you're fine, go ahead, own the club. Oh, but by the way, within the next two weeks, we need to see the money that proves it seems mad to me. So the EFL have got questions to answer for it yet again as well. But going back to what Ben said, I think the fa- the problem with Southall is he came in and he was a breath of fresh air compared to everything we'd heard before because he engaged with fans. He said the right thing. You know, there were videos of him being clapped through the lounge, you know, at the ground on the first few weeks. So people now feel so stupid because they feel like they were just completely mugged off by this guy. And whether that's the case or not, as we say, you can leave it to the lawyers, I think, probably for now. But to go from that and from those statements about we've got the best interests of the club at heart and the open dialogue that we finally had with a chairman who was prepared to engage with fans, who was prepared to go out, was... You know, there were photos of him with people's kids every game. And and then suddenly you, this stuff comes out saying, well, he spent all this money and he's misused the club. And it, it really messes with your head because as a football fan, all you want, you want all of that to happen in the background. As a fan, you want to turn up on a Saturday, watch your club, hopefully watch him win and go home. You don't want to have to worry about the, the business of the football club. That should just happen behind the scenes. That's not for you to worry about. And time and time and time again, since I've been doing this show, 
we've spent so much time where we've had to talk about this instead of the football and it's it used to just be depressing and now it's scary because there is a real chance if this doesn't go well that Charlton Athletic won't exist anymore and that was how I felt on Monday and then throughout the week it felt a little bit less but as you say if that proof of funds doesn't get submitted or approved or whatever the AFL need to do we're in big big trouble mm. and and that's the crux of it and with the the season being postponed and the lack of ticket money over the next few weeks as well I don't see how that's certainly not going to improve the situation so the next few months are absolutely crucial for the club I think the, the only way I can see out of this other than Tanoon all of a sudden turning out he's actually a good guy a great guy he's got his money sorry I forgot to send this letter that proves I'm, my source and sufficiency is that someone comes in buys the club for what a pound off whoever ESI I guess whoever currently owns it in that in that situation and obviously they need to agree a deal with Roland. Now Roland still owns the stadium, still owns the training ground, which is about half quarter of a mile from where we're sitting now. Um, he needs to understand that he won't get the stupid money he was promised for it by ESI. The fact that ESI promised that sort of crazy money in the first place was a bit confusing. And now I still have no idea what their thinking was unless they suddenly thought they were going to get loads of money. I'm so, I'm so confused by the whole thing. But Roland at some point is going to have to rethink what he thought he was going to get for that for that for that stuff it's no use to him just holding on to the stadium because there's very little else he could do with it unless they start a team that Nathan plays in and just start, <laughs> starts a new club but I, I can't imagine that'll sell out 27,000 pounds uh, 27,000 seats every week so uh, that, that's another way out of it someone comes in agrees a deal for the club agrees a separate deal with Roland to buy the stadium because we can't have the stadium and the club separated for, for too much longer right let's hear from someone else again shall we now the China Athletic Supporters Trust uh, had a meeting with Matt Southall during the week um, they came out the next day and called for Matt Southall uh, to resign. I spoke to Richard Wiseman, the chair uh, of the Supporters Trust, on the phone uh, a couple of hours before we came on the show this evening to find out uh, how the Trust are feeling, where they stand with the whole situation right now. Yes, Lou, sure. Um, actually, although it seems a bit like ancient history now, um, I mean, in itself, it was quite a illuminating meeting. We, we did learn things. We learnt about the transfer embargo that wasn't actually a complete embargo. We got some more information about the freehold and discovered that it wasn't quite as straightforward as a, uh, a compulsory purchase in six months. And we were able to make our point about the extravagance of the flat and the Range Rovers, etc. But actually, what was really the, the big issue for us was um, in the light of Tanunimer's statement that he would no longer fund while Southall was in post. Um, <laughs> Did he? Did Southall have anything credible to say about the long-term funding of the club? Um, and as I think people know, he, he said that there was enough funding till next Christmas, and that he was confident that he could find alternative investors. Um, we didn't share that confidence at all, particularly as he lost the confidence of the fans by then. Um, plus, there'd been inevitable big delay of a legal process to go through. Um, so we came away from that with very little confidence and by the time the once once the trust board had had an opportunity to debate it we felt we had uh, no alternative really but to call for his resignation because him being in post would just hold up the process of possibly moving to something a bit more stable yeah i mean of course you, you came out the next day and called for the the resignation on twitter i'd just like to pick up actually on something more you said there because obviously the the future of the stadium and the training ground is something that well, along with everything else, it will be very much up in the air at the moment. And when ESI first came in, we were told there was some sort of, as you say, compulsory purchase order within six months. Now, you're saying that that may be slightly different to what we've been told. So could you just add any more 
in, in, into that situation? Well, not a lot more than that um, we were told at that meeting that there was a bit more flexibility than that. Um, I don't think there was any more detail given, but that it wasn't, um, you know, six months or, or nothing that, 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 you know, which, which makes it all very odd mm-hmm. because, you know, right from the start, we thought, well, if this is, if this is a legal obligation to, to um, purchase the freehold within a certain time period, um, you know, what's the delay? But apparently it isn't that it isn't that tight, mm. um, so it, it could take longer. But they didn't give us any more details, I don't think, about an extension. Yeah, and you mentioned the loss of the trust from the supporters. I mean, I think it's become quite clear with the the spending that appears to have been done so far already, a club that is struggling for money, a club that, as it sounds, is going to run out of money in December, is, which is what Matt Sapple yeah. is saying. I, I know plenty of people have heard differently as well to that. Um, yeah. So, and you, and you mentioned the, the the idea of the Range Rovers, the flat lease that has tied the club yeah. down to three hundred grand's worth of expenditure over the next two years. I mean, and, and you said it was brought up. What, what, what can you say was Matt Southall's reaction to that, or what did did he have a clarification? Did he think he could justify that expenditure? Well, I mean, his justification for the flat was that it was a corporate uh, flat, not just for his own use, but um, we, we would hope he'd be um, in the club running it pretty well full-time, so he'd be staying there all the time. I, I really don't think there was any justification. Um, and the Range Rovers are so symbolic, aren't they, of so much that's wrong with football. Um, mm. But as I said, although those things are all very important and alarming, really our issue for the trust to, um, was, does this guy have the access to sufficient funding to run this club, or are we going to run out of money? You know, I mean, even if he could do it till Christmas... Um, that's not good enough and, and mm. you know relegation and coronavirus would eat into that so, so that was our big issue you know can this guy give us confidence mm. that there's sufficient funding and, and, and he couldn't I mean mm. um, I'm afraid so yeah so, no alternative. so what happens next is obviously quite confused at the moment as far as I'm concerned I think Matt Southall's current position within the club is still unclear I don't think I've, I haven't seen a statement anywhere that suggests that he's actually left yet. Although, of course, I imagine there's a lot of legal wrangling going on behind the scenes, so we can't say for certain what his current status is. But moving on to what could be a potential way out, of course, is if if Matt does leave and Tanun Namir does decide he wants to put money into the club, of course, he has to pass the source and sufficiency testing from the EFL. Um, plenty of stuff that we don't know about him. I mean, do, do, does the trust at this moment have a position or any confidence in what Tanun Namir can bring to this club long, in, in the long term? Well, I think like most Charlton fans, the jury's out, really. We, we're, we are a bit alarmed by some of the things he's, he's said and done over the last two weeks, but he is the majority shareholder. Um, nobody seems very clear about how much uh, money he has access to, uh, but he's, he's, he would appear to be the guy in the driving seat. Um, we've been trying to pursue him most of last week to get a meeting because um, obviously like most Charlton fans we'd like to hear you know, what is his long term interest and long term plan um, first thing we'd like to do is to stress to him the need to appoint someone to run the club on a day to day basis who can bring some stability and sanity to the to the show really um, and I'm not sure if his Romanian friend Mr Florica is, is necessarily that person um, but at the moment, um, you know, he, he's the person in the driving seat and, and we'd just like to find out more about uh, how he sees things going forward. Mm. Now, and sort of separate but almost tied into the, the chaos that's happened this week, uh, you've had your survey out over the last few weeks 
Um, so, I mean, you you put an, an annual survey out to sort of understand the feeling of fans at the moment. I mean, can you give us any indication as to, as yeah. to what sort of results you're getting? I can't imagine it's all glowing <laughs> at the moment, unfortunately. No, but, but the survey actually was running. Um, we, we, we started it 10 days ago, and when the whole thing kicked off on Monday night, we, 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 we closed it because it wasn't really designed for this sort of crisis time. Um, but in those three or four days it was running, we had 500 responses. Um, you know, I think if we'd been able to run it for its full time, we'd have hoped to get up to more like a thousand. Um, and it's just interesting that, that, the, that we asked people to itemize what were the most important things for them going ahead with new ownership. Um, the most important thing, 86%, uh, open and honest dialogue between club owners and fans. Um, Certainly been very open, I guess, as I saw it this week. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, it, it, that's exactly what we haven't had, have we? Uh, 84% shared and sensible ambition for the club. 76% feeling proud to say you support Charlton Athletic. Um, and just below that, 75 is the um, issue of the freehold of the stadium and the club not being separate. Um, so those those shouldn't come as any surprise to us, really. Child fans have been saying that for some years. If I may just say that the importance of marquee signings is 11%. Um, so it rather, rather um, accentuates where people stand on this. Bringing the ball forward, short, good challenge from Cullen, wins it back for Charlton, can it come to Williams? Williams dives in, gets the ball, Williams on his feet, on a run, Williams, ball inside to Gallagher, it's good, Gallagher shooting shots, Gallagher on! Oh, a whip chance, first short goal, the Addicts take the lead, all down to the work and the determination of Johnny Williams, inside to Conor Gallagher, whose first touch was great and the finish was excellent and Charlton have an unlikely lead. Right, so welcome back. This is Charlton Live coming to you live from the my kitchen. Nearly said the valley there <laughs> on your Sunday evening. Uh, we just heard there from Richard Wiseman from the Supporters Trust. Uh, they called for Matt Southall to resign uh, on Thursday. Um, yeah, that says it already. Thanks to, to Richard to, to coming on and explaining the trust uh, position. I, I thought I'd play a jingle with a goal on it to try and cheer us all up and remember that football used to happen. Uh, then I picked one on a player who got stolen from us. So there we go. Uh, not, not, not too great. Um, let's have a look at some of the, the comments that have come in then. Um, I, I won't be able to get to them all, but I'll, I'll try and read out uh, a few of them. Uh, Jazz says, uh, what an absolutely mad week. Uh, Thursday evening took the biscuit. My son and I were sat, uh, sat together on Thursday, continually updating the phones, uh, watching the madness at the Valley uh, unravel in front of us. Uh, this row blowing up uh, when the club was about to face its biggest game of the season before the coronavirus uh, intervened. I suspect many players and staff have stories to tell uh, about what's been going on behind the scenes for the last three months here. Yeah, they certainly have. Uh, hasn't our club been through enough in the last dozen years or so? Uh, Murray losing the plot after Curbs left a bunch of... Uh, Bunch of people buying the club uh, as part of some property. Uh, and megalomaniac uh, billionaire owner mismanaging the club. And now this. 
I fear this is the start of another distressing chapter in our club's uh, history. I suspect Southall won't give up his ESI shares easily and we could be in for a prolonged legal battle between him and Nimmer. Uh, Southall will want his pound of flesh. I simply don't trust Nimmer either. Uh, the way he's handled this affair after launching attacks and passing comments on social media doesn't make me believe that he's a steady hand. Uh, the level-headed owner uh, that we need to take the club forward. If he still hasn't proved the finances to buy the freeholds to, to the Valley and Sparrows Lane, nor does he keep very good company uh, when it comes to the business people he hires or associates with. He hasn't demonstrated he has any knowledge or experience of how to run a football club. I hope he surprises us and pulls it off, uh, but I doubt it. Strap yourselves in. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And I guess that sort of, Nave, that sort of does cover the fact that we it's not it's not now that Matt Southall has or hasn't gone but has certainly been put through the ringer a bit over the last few days it's not that oh great everything's fine now there's still so much that's up in the air yeah it's not it's still um, everything's still up in the air and uh, like I said earlier it's not a relief but with the situation with the virus going around we've not got any games it it might give uh, whoever's sort of running the show now whether that's Tanoon or the lawyers getting everything sorted out it gives them a little bit of time to focus on that um, now we haven't got any games but yeah like you say there's loads to sort out you know like I said earlier if Tanoon comes through it all we still got there's a lot of repair and trust to be won back um, if Matt Southall doesn't come back I mean who's he going to come in and you know you're going to have to rebuild it it's the massive massive um, issues and things about the embargo obviously that's come out um, so yeah, he's got big, big uh, building, building blocks to put in place, and I know he's got a load of other businesses, but I think this might be up there with one of something that's highly critical. And um, but yeah, it's hard, so hard to say because we don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's mental, really, because like Tom was saying, when it first came in, and we thought we turned a corner, the the grey clouds shifted slightly, and and we're back at square one again, and it's it's. Like again, what Tom said, you know, we, we everyone came with a brush of fresh air, and it was oh, well, you know, and it was looking good. It was, you know, everything seemed to be hitting the right notes, and then out of nowhere, um, it all comes tumbling down. But like I said, you, mm. it's, we, there, never, there we never was, do it easy, do we? There was always this, this idea that you know the foundations were a bit built on sand, you know, sort mm. of behind the scenes. But I mean, I, I was saying to someone this week, I mean, I always thought or something. Would probably end up going wrong here, but I never thought it'd be the week we've just seen in in the style we've just seen. Right, this one's from Sad Dog Mendonca. Oh, <laughs> uh, hi, Louis and the team. I've been too depressed this week to keep up with the absolute mess that the club has managed to get itself in. I have no faith in anybody involved in this saga, and I just hope the situation can be resolved and that we can be rid of Matt Saffle and Tanunamir, although I don't know how realistic that is. A long-term future looks bleak, but the one positive is that we do have Lee Bowyer. Fans can question his tactics, but he cares about the club, and that is so important to us right now and everything going on. That's from Liam. That's from Sad Dog. Uh, Mendonca, cheers for uh, that. Um, Right, so Sam... Uh, sent in uh, also Sam Sam was the one who worked who managed to get the fix for people listening on on Chrome earlier so well done to him but he sent in some questions um, has Matt Southall been removed from the penthouse in Docklands don't know actually Are you probably not guessing yeah. not at the moment but who knows uh, will CFC have to continue paying the lease at £12,500 a month or will they cancel the lease contract well I'm no I'm no expert but I can't imagine if the club sign that they can just go and cancel it there might, might be a break clause in it after a year yeah. so but probably not has Matt Southall been forced to give up the car well last I saw he was driving away in it on Thursday <laughs> um, will they have to continue paying for those four cars or will they try and cancel who knows 
Uh, and then final question, is Tanun Namir really connected to royalty in the UAE? Uh, or is his uh, excellency just a general polite title that I have used a lot, uh, that is used a lot over there and doesn't actually carry much weight? Is anyone expert on that sort of stuff out there? Don't have a clue. Yeah, so yeah. difficult questions. I mean, it just shows, goes to show there's so much uh, up in the air. Uh, at the moment, uh, Bob Liscombe saying, when uh, Tanun Namir came over, didn't he take everyone out for a meal at the O2? I wonder who paid for that. Yeah. Not everyone. Yeah. And uh, right, yeah. Uh, uh, Ian Smith uh, said, in light of the shambolic events this week of the club, Tuesday was made even worse by the announcement that the White Swan had closed down. Uh, a terrible state of affairs. We have not even got anywhere to drown our sorrows oh, now. Oh, got in that. that is, was, uh, I love the swamp. Yeah, that is a real shame. One of the best pubs up in the, the village. They've still got the bugle next door, haven't you? So, mm. everyone, I mean, that's a busy pub at the best of time. But, yeah. yeah. Swan yeah. had some good ales on, mm. whereas the so bugle just, doesn't. Yeah, very disappointing. Right. Um, Lee Chapman said, uh, I spoke to Southall before the game at Huddersfield. Spoke for a few minutes. And then, and then said, I bet you'll be looking forward to spending some money in summer. And his reply was, I'll be having my say about the January window in due course. It didn't resonate with me at the time, but now it means more. So there you go. Uh, still doesn't uh, clarify why Matt was uh, giving away tickets for the person who could guess the next person we were going to sign and stuff like that. But there you go. Um, right. We, we need to talk about something else, of course, that, that's happened Um this week and that is the fact that all football's been cancelled I can't believe I'll be 10 minutes from the end of a Charlton Live and I have to say that but we're in a, a really bizarre uh, situation in the world at the moment um, the, the the coronavirus is, is obviously sweeping all over the, the planet um, things are going to get worse before they get better I think that's quite clear um, as of Thursday evening the football was still due to go ahead that was one of the reasonably funny things that actually came out of Thursday night other than the fact it took Matt Southall and, and the people in the boardroom nearly an hour to realise they could shut the curtain to stop me taking photos <laughs> through great, the window <laughs> um, was the other thing was that Ollie was slightly slightly confused because he hadn't started writing the programme for the QPR game on Tuesday because he was under the assumption the game was going to be called off but then at that stage we were told it was going to be on now it has been called off uh, currently we're told no games until the 4th of April there's no chance no chance that we're going to be playing the 4th of April, we don't know how long this is going to go on. Um, obviously, we're all going to go through some very difficult challenges. And as I mentioned earlier on the show, for me, football is a major release from, from real life. So the fact we're going to lose that is going to be really weird. Um, and we're going to have to look after each other in, in that respect. But obviously, we're going to have major challenges elsewhere as well in terms of our personal health uh, and the health of those, us and our family. And that's something that we're all going to have to try and get through together over the course of the next however long this takes. So football will certainly be put on the back burner for now, but when it eventually comes back to life, and that's what we're going to talk about now, people are going to wonder what's going to happen next because as it stands, there's nine games of the season. I've been joking over the course of the last few weeks at work saying Charlton just needs to make sure they don't ever drop below that line in case it all gets called off and they say, oh, you just stand there. Now, I don't think that could surely happen because there'll be teams in the Premier League who could get relegated, who could still have a chance of staying up, like I think Aston Villa. And their lawyers would be rubbing their hands at the thought of uh, them being told they have to go down and lose however much money per year without playing all the games. So I don't think that can happen. What do you think? I mean, what can you have any suggestions, Tom, about what could happen when we come back I think the, after the break? The thing is, like you just said there with the, the Villa example, I assume that they're, I don't know if it's a physical contract, but when you go into the start of a season, part of the agreement is that you're expected to fulfil 38 games because when teams don't fulfill a fixture like Bolton didn't occasionally you suddenly get lumped with a fine so there's obviously teams if they suddenly called the season off that can't fulfill fixtures 
But on the other hand, and one of the journalists said it on Football Focus, which for some reason was still on yesterday, that this is unprecedented. Like This has never happened before. So we're in uncharted territory and we don't know what's going to happen. For me, if the Euros gets moved and we manage to find a way to get the peak over and done with and this starts to tail off, you try and get the games played through the summer and delay the start of next season if you can. And then Boya loves a Saturday, Tuesday, doesn't he? And there's going to have to just be a few more of those next season and, and try and make next season into a slightly shorter period. That's that's the only way I can see it because obviously as a Charlton fan, I don't want the season to end as it is. And as you say, there are other clubs that are going to feel the same, but it, it doesn't seem fair to do it. But as I say, it's unprecedented. So... We haven't had to ever deal with this before. But yeah, for me, I think the, the summer tournament almost certainly will get moved. And then it's a case of as soon as it's safe to do so, then you play the games then. Even if it has to be behind closed doors, which I know they won't want to do. But even if that's the case, then just get the season done. Yeah, because I guess there's, there's an opportunity for next season cancel the cup competitions I guess that's one thing I've seen suggested that would make sense fewer games to have to squeeze in then and there'll be no way they'll, they'll be looking to try and cancel something like the Champions League which no. obviously won't affect us but I can't imagine the FA Cup is too much of a, of a money spinner for many people these days or the League Cup uh, so I guess that would make sense um, can you see any other way about it Nate? I guess the only other thing is playing games behind closed doors I mean, I mean that would help the integrity of the competition in terms of getting it finished as and when they can but you're looking at, I mean, a lot of the almost condescending chat is about lower league clubs, but this 100% will affect us because we've got no money, mm. is teams losing their gate receipts. Now, I mean, that will kill clubs, including us, to an extent. If we can't, if we don't have a level of income coming in, I remember, I remember years ago going back to, you know, non-league, Bromley, had had a had had a particularly harsh winter, and all of a sudden they hadn't had eight home, they hadn't had a home game for about eight weeks and all of a sudden due to someone else having a game called off away from home there was a chance to play a game in about two days time and they desperately shoehorned a fixture I think it was against Maidstone into sort of just after Christmas just to get some bodies in because they were that desperate for the money if, if clubs go without money I mean this is going to this is going to be really serious for them and, and it feels absolutely ridiculous talking about it when we we don't know what, what complications this is going to have for all of us personally in terms of our health and the health of our relatives over the next few years. But from from a football side of it, I mean, this could be really bad news for clubs. Yeah, I mean, when it first came out, I sort of said about getting rid of the, the checker trade, the check yourself before you wreck yourself where it is, and uh, FA Cup, League Cup, because it, it gets rid of fixtures and you'll just have to try and cram it in a little bit more. Mm. But with the, on the flip side, if some of these lower league teams rely, you know, rely on the cup receipts, um, especially when you get big away days and stuff like that they rely on it so it's quite hard um, another one you could possibly say I mean if you look at Arsenal we've been in the relegation for what one week or whatever it is yeah. and if we go down now that would be a travesty but can you do it where maybe you have a 22 team Premier League and a 26 Championship so you have, you have the, the automatic spots as they are but then you don't have any relegations. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Fulham would be too happy no. with that, sat in those playoff places. Exa- that's what I mean. So it's like someone somewhere, someone somewhere is going to lose out, ultimately. Um, I don't think you should void the season because, yeah, because it'll be, well, even though it'd be funny to watch Liverpool do that. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think we'll just have to play it when we can. If we have to do it behind closed doors, that's what it is. Get it done as soon as we can. But then they were saying they might move the Euros to December, which puts makes it yeah, even worse. that's mad. So... 
I mean, I'd, yeah, just start the season a bit later, cram it in Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then everyone's <laughs> going to be all right, aren't they? We've <laughs> done it. We'll be done in a couple of weeks. Those presses are going to be quality. Forty-eight games in two and a half months. But yeah, I don't know. This is what I mean. But this is what all the big wigs are getting paid to do, aren't they? So they'll have to come out with a solution. I mean, there's loads of other questions. So the season extends beyond. What, is, is the end of June that players' contracts run out? So if we have to play beyond then, do we, do we still have Lyle Taylor? I mean, do, do our loans still count? Does Josh Cullen still play here? I mean, no one... This, this is going to cause a real palaver in the football world, which is going to be... I mean, we've, I mean, we've got enough of one going on at the moment without all that, really. It's, it's going to be really baffling to see what happens next, Ben. That's probably a big argument to what they all discuss. The, the players' contracts run out at the end of June. So... What are you going to do if that's the case? If, as you said, big players for us are going to run out at the end of June, then you can't play the season beyond the end of June. Unless, well, it just, it just can't happen, can it? It just, with the Euros coming up as well, they're, you know, I, I just think they're going to say on Tuesday, is it? They're making the decision. They're just going to cancel the season, I think. I think that's the only, mm. only thing they can say with the government's, what they're saying is just gonna, it's just gonna end early. Unfortunately for Liverpool, it's just <laughs> gonna end early. We won't play for a while, but they, it won't. There's no way they on earth cancel. they can do that. I can't imagine how that could well, possibly they, work. What's the other competition where they do? Um, so, so for like the relegation, isn't they do like a head-to-head league or something? But then, how do you do that with the bottom three? Because you need. If you're in the bottom three, you can't do a bot- head-to-head between the bottom three because yeah. then you're still in the bottom Other three. You know? have been in the bottom do you know what I mean? So how do they drag that in? Like you could do a head-to-head. Could like, we take our time. head-to-head from the top six? Yeah, that's well, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just pick the teams we want and go. Yeah, they're head-to-head teams. People start. saying there on the emails we should just do it after the first game. So <laughs> after everyone's played each other once, yeah, they're saying point. just do a table after happy, that. Happy with that? Yeah, I'll we're happy after that. We we'll probably get promoted, wouldn't we? We'll probably be in there. Wembley again! <laughs> yeah, we'd certainly be somewhere sort of in the in the middle of the table, uh, I'm, I'm sure. Right, uh, we're, we're coming towards the end. Of the, uh, to, to try and squeeze in one more email, then I guess from Stuart uh, it says, uh, "Good luck with this evening's show." Yeah, cheers. Um, I imagine it'll be quite busy. I just want to say this week has been an absolute disgrace from those heavily associated with our club, primarily Matt Southall, Tanunamir and the EFL. Matt Southall, no matter what happens with the potential legal battle now between the two, I believe there's absolutely no way back for him. The lies. Uh, that this is what Stuart uh, feels like uh, that have been told regarding the ownership of the stadium and the training ground uh, the complete exaggeration of transfer deadline day and the huge expenses taken from the club account has led to irreparable damage between the fans and the chairman uh, he needs to realise he will not be accepted back and to do it quickly to noon the mere the way the news broke on Monday evening was not acceptable uh, we are now uh, 10 weeks into this ownership and only now we hear about a transfer embargo on the 6th of January and that the source of the funds has not been satisfied to the EFL why if there has ever been any doubt over the character of Southall uh, or that he could not spend the retired time sustaining our football club uh, he should not have got involved with this venture at this moment in time it appears that most fans are siding with Tanoon however I would probably say that this is mainly due to the fact he is a majority shareholder potentially the only way uh, to save us uh, from the end he too if we survive has a lot to prove and the EFL are just beyond words how can you let a football club which means so much to so many people be taken over without all the checks being completed once again we like many others have been let down by them finally genuine question who do we think wrote that that statement supporting Matt Southall uh, on the club website? And he's talking about the one that would have been on Thursday. 
uh, well, away, it would have been his. Uh, it would have been uh, he, he had a, a good PR firm, and I would say he had a good PR firm, judging by the way everyone loved him so much. But uh, there you go. Right, we've run out of time on uh, this Charlton Live. Uh, I'm going to have to say now, probably our last live Charlton Live for a long time. Um, so. I uh, don't know what's going to happen now uh, over the next however long. Um, so, see ya. I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm going to, I mean, I imagine I'll be seeing at home quite a lot. So, I'm, I'm going to try and if, if any former players or anyone interesting wants to come on. Yeah, wants to come on the show over the phone, do an interview just to keep people's spirits up while we're all sat indoors. I'll be happy to do that. I'll, I'll work my con- my very few contacts and get Freddie out the car. Yeah, see if, uh, see if Freddie, Freddie Olvestad, see if uh, anyone fancies uh, coming on to, to do some sort of show. But I guess this will be the last time uh, we'll speak to you live for a little while. So um, yeah, take care of yourselves. Uh, see you on the other side, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, guys, <laughs> thanks for coming in. Good to see you Much all. Love. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Sorry, Cheers. I was late. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, that's that. And uh, we'll see you again when we see you again. See you later. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 